Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. How are you doing? I've been good. I have been better. I think sleep sleep is always a good thing. Last week, I think I had... Just every single night, there was something wrong. So that would be either Pearl waking up or just me, my body anticipating waking up and therefore just waking up. So hence why you didn't get a podcast on Sunday. The guy Pratt one that I promised you... But I'm figuring that you don't really care that much, so it's fine. I'll just roll it over to next to, to this this coming Sunday. But this week, uh, got a conversation with Dead Pony, really um, fantastic new band from Scotland, formerly known as Crystal. You may well have heard of them. Yeah, I, I heard uh, about these guys through a PR company, uh, fantastic guys, and they kind of um, pointed me in their direction. Heard it and immediately thought, ah, post punk. kind of you, you listen to it um they're their stuff at the moment i would say it's like um the skids although i do mention the skids and they kind of like go a little bit quiet so i'm not too sure that they're they, they knew exactly who the skids were which is always you know a bit worrying with, with kids these days you know you go um do you, do you know um you know this band this band from that era and that era and they go kind of no big fat no there but um, that's that's fine because if, if someone was, you know, someone 18, 19 year old is going to go to me, do you know the curtains? I'd be like, who are they? And uh, I'd just be lost. I'm sat in a room with curtains in it. That's where I got that from. But yeah, Sharp Tongues, their new single, Dead Pony's new single is out now. It's really, it's, it's full on. It is full fucking on and you're going to enjoy it. Dead Pony, check them out, please, and enjoy the conversation that's coming up. Uh, have you given any moment of your life to the last few episodes of the Limehouse podcast? I what do I what I suggest is you go back and listen to Paul Salapek. This thing keeps on coming up. I had people uh, emailing me going that this is a you know it's, it's one of the best conversations that you've you've had on the on the show, and I and I I tend to agree. I think it's a deep, a deep conversation. I mean, obviously, we could have gone on for another two, three, four months, nonstop, and we would have died through lack of sleep and, and, and sustenance. But it would have been worth it. And I think you'll, you'll really, um, if you haven't already, if you haven't checked it out, do please. The guy's unreal. I've, I've spoken about his journey out of Eden many, many times on this show. And you're probably getting bored of it. Almost as bored as me talking about my dead father. God. Oh, dear, eh? Do check it out. It's a great show. And, of course, um, yeah. Any, any, any of the others. There are so many. I've got to give a, a shout-out to the Infectious Groove podcast. Because 
we will probably be having some sort of collaboration relatively soon. It's coming. So they're a show based in Detroit, and they sit around, uh, three or four of them sometimes, and they talk music. It's like a magazine show, and they, they talk music in a way that is in-depth, personal, exceptionally funny, and unique. I, I would check it out. If I, if I Really, if I were you, I would check it out. They cross, cross all genres. It's a fantastic show. I love it. And they, yeah, it's it's quite, you know, reasonably long episodes as well. So if you like a, a long, in-depth conversation, then that's your home. Uh, and new music as well. So obviously on this show, we talk music every Wednesday. Hell, sometimes Sunday as well. And um, it's just an opportunity for me to talk with them and them to talk with me about new music, old music and inspiration. So that'll be coming up relatively soon. I'm quite excited about that. There's the... Um, the mighty B. Dolan will be coming on this show soon as well. Uh, if you happen, well, if you don't know who that guy is, then do yourself a favour. Google the shit out of it. But yeah, so lots happening. Lots going on. I'm still writing about my life. Jesus Christ, I, I took myself off to Richmond Park today for a little bit just to get away from it all after work and sat and did some writing and started crying. In fact, I've been crying most of the day today, just reflecting on my dad's uh, my mum, uh, the, after, the after effects of my dad dying and my mum putting up, de dealing with it all. God, Jesus, I tell you, there's some brutal shit. Once you, you know, you lift up that stone, you see what's underneath it. Oh, it's hard because that stone's heavy. You can't put it back easily. So, yeah, this is all a front, me being light and breezy, breezy old Billy boy. But, yeah, I hope you are well. Enjoy this conversation. They're a great band, Dead Pony. Um, Sharp Tongues, you're going to enjoy it. It's a new single of theirs. So do check it out. Look after yourself. Stay healthy. Stay off Stay off junk food. Stay off beer. Fuck me, I am fat again. Jesus Christ, how did that happen? Fuck you, lockdown. Jesus. Anyway, some days at diamonds.co.uk. Go and check it out. Great movie. Born free, as free as the wind blows, as free as the grass grows, born free to follow your heart. Live free, and beauty surrounds you, the world still astounds. Each time you look at a star, stay free when no walls divide you. You're free as a roaring tide, so there's no need to hide. Born free and life is worth living hello hello anna hello hey yeah uh, how you doing hey yeah uh, not bad not bad i am brit wiped out hello um guitar man i think hello. yes just seen you in a video haha <laughs> both of you um 
Not a weird video. Music video, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, so I'm just back from the South Coast. So I took my daughter for her birthday today. Um, oh, nice. Mum was working today, so that was a bit rubbish. But yeah, just super like pedaling it back up the up the motorway at stupid speeds. Uh, gotta gotta get back. Gotta be professional. Gotta get back. You know that kind of crap. But um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. All right. Yeah, pretty tired. Pretty tired. Uh huh. Yeah. Been kind of reached out as well, but yeah, not too bad. Doing all right. Looking forward to doing this. <clears throat> was that a long weekend? Is it or just writing yeah. or working? Just- up early this morning for work and stuff, man, and then not a lot of sleep last night. So, yeah. yeah. Can I get Can I get your name, my friend? Because I I know Anna, but I'm not too sure of yours. Yeah, my name is Blair. Blair. Okay, that makes sense because of the email address. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "What well, Anna's go- Anna's going by a different name? That's very cool. <laughs> That's very hip." Um, so I I. I mean, when I first heard your music, I was like, "Oh man," because I'm a huge fan of the Skids. Um, I think Scott's one of Scotland's best exports. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a massive, huge sound. But it didn't always start out like that with you guys, did it? It was kind of li- a little bit more, I don't know. I don't want to say indie because I don't want to offend you. But I mean, it was just, um, it's been a slight evolution. And, and didn't you used to be called Crystal as well? Yeah, we did. So when we started making music, what, like like three years ago or something, the sound oh. wasn't as heavy as it is now. That, I um, think that's what I was trying to get at, but I don't want to piss people off by saying indie, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, we were called Crystal, um, and it was only just recently in March that we changed the name to Dead Pony, and then that's when things started kind of like snowballing a wee bit. Yeah. Um, and that's when we kind of like refined the sound, because before then it was quite of everything really wasn't it there were some yeah. songs that were quite heavy some that were really poppy some that you would say were maybe quite indie um yeah yeah that I, I like i like that actually so what was the decision then like you just you just want to go down a clearer kind of avenue uh, as opposed to like one foot in indie one foot in a bit of punk or was it just like we've got to decide um i think it was maybe like not so much a really conscious decision, more just like we kind of just found a sort of style of writing songs and a style of music that we just kind of like settled into and we're like, yeah, we kind of enjoy writing songs more like this. And it was getting a bit ridiculous before, like <clears throat> just writing such a wide variety of songs was kind of just like, I don't know, maybe like, yeah, it did, it did just feel like, you know what, let's just settle down a bit and you know, we, we, yeah. we really this, this kind of songwriting, so let's just do this for a bit and then, you know, see, see where that takes us sort of thing. And it's also kind of like what people receive best. Like, I think that people like our, like, kind of high energy, kind of frantic, um, quite bouncy, playful kind of yeah. sound. And we like performing that kind of music yeah. as well because we can just go mental and, like, stomp about stage. <laughs> and, like, I think that that's what people really enjoy about it. Um, yeah. Let should we start at like a beginning ish because I I have a terrible way of just going t- taking a, a strand and just running with it and then it's just on a random tangent um, and I completely forget my initial sort of I don't know structure as it were mm-hmm. not that I have a structure because Jesus Christ but um, I'd, I'd love to know what your guy like what what your musical influences were because um, you're quite a lot younger than me so it's always quite exciting to 
to know like what the next generation well probably two generations you're probably two generations ahead of me <laughs> or behind me rather whatever um uh, <laughs> what were you like and uh Blair or Anna who who cares whatever order what were you guys listening to when you were like like what was your first inspirations um for me it was probably like early Kings Leon like Eminem uh the early White Stripes uh Queens of Stone Age yeah that's probably quite a good summation there I'd love yeah. to say something as cool as that, but I think the thing that like made me really want to get into music was when I was like watching High School Musical and like Cap Rock <laughs> and all that when I was like twelve years old. Um, but like, yeah, like I have a similar taste in music to Blair, similar influences like love Nirvana, Blondie, um, Fleetwood Mac. Have always been one of my favorite bands. Um, yeah. Things like that. Uh huh. It's cool. It's funny though, because you, 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 I haven't. I mean, okay, I like sharp tongues. Obviously, like the new, the new stuff, um, and what have you. That is way, like you said, more directed into a particular genre, which I guess I don't know what you'd call it. Power, power punk rock, perhaps. I don't know. That is just me making up a genre. Perhaps I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, yeah, like fuck it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know why I'm trying to pigeonhole you guys. I think that's what most bands try and avoid. But um, it's just um, you haven't listed any bands there that are like kind of like uh, I would say that shape your music. Now, so you couldn't say like, for example, like Blondie, Fleetwood Mac or uh, White Stripes and Queens of the Stone Age are a kind of a sound that you pick up on in, in Dead Pony. So it's quite <clears throat> cool. But the, the pop sentimentality is there, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think like... Um when we make music we like kind of adopt different aspects from like different um bands that we like so yeah. obviously like nirvana some of the early stuff was like mental like screeching guitars mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily like that total like kind of slow kind of like grungy sound that you associate them with and like at queens of the stone age as well they've got a lot of things that you really pick up with the shrieking guitars and like the kind of like tripping up over the baseline that kind of yeah. thing and then when it comes to like writing lyrics and writing vocals I always find a lot of inspiration from like Blondie and Madonna Um, that's kind of what brings in the kind of pop element so I think that we just kind of like borrow little bits from like people that we like and just like make this big Frankenstein of like different <laughs> and that's how we kind of like put our foot on what we sound like I suppose yeah it's like accessibility as well, isn't it? Because you're like, you don't want to, I mean, I've always thought writing songs and what have you, you don't really want to piss. You don't want to, you want to be, you want to be yourself and get your own sound out there. But you don't want to like, you know, piss everyone off too much to like the point of like, I don't know, the ga a Gang of Four or The Wire or The Fall or anything like that. I mean, hell, they're great bands and everything, but mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of in an era where that was kind of acceptable. Nowadays, like you don't hear any scratchy, crazy fucked up alternative music on the radio just you just don't hear it yeah. um but what what was like can you i know this is really us really pushing you guys for um <laughs> going going back going back into the in time but can you remember a song like that you that like whoa stopped you in your tracks when you were when you were younger and just thought ah, oh, i want to be making that or performing that or having some what is that i want to be involved in that I think like if you're going like really far back to when I was like maybe like well okay so if we're going really far back it would be like 
the darkness album (laughs) (laughs) play like blood sugar by like pendulum or something (laughs) yeah Uh, like all the sort of like prodigy i was really into when i was really young i still am i think they're amazing but um yeah all that sort of stuff and because when you're so young and you listen to a band like the prodigy you don't even understand why you feel so like energetic when you're listening to it you just like feel different um and yeah as i said earlier like elephant by white stripes was a big one and what was one more i was gonna say because like for me for me it's like freaking Jimi hendrix um johnny be good is a live track from the isle of wight and i can remember exactly where i was when i heard that i was in my my mum and dad's car it was a it was a red ford like f reg or something i don't know why i have these insane accurate memories of one thing but it just captures it captured me and i just oh my god that's what i want to do and then i yeah that i don't know what like that Mm -hmm. how that does how music is able to do that is extraordinary to me but anna do do you have a, a I mean, like I said, this isn't pressure, by the way. If you don't have a specific song, it really doesn't fucking matter. But it, it just it fascinates me that some artists do. I don't necessarily have a song, but I have a very vivid um, memory of like being young um, and we had like Virgin Media. Um, like, I used to get like the On Demand and it had like every music video ever on it. And this was when I was like maybe eight years old or something. Um, and me and my brother used to just sit for hours and hours and hours watching music videos. So we yeah. would always watch like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Nirvana, R.E.M., um, The Beatles. And we, I, like that was probably one of my earliest like music experiences where I've actually like sought out music because I wanted to listen to it and like like seeking out specific sounds because I enjoyed listening to them rather than just listening to the things that were on the radio or listening to things that my mum and dad were playing so there's not necessarily a song but that memory of just like going on to like the virgin box and playing all these music videos is something that I think really inspired me to like eventually want to actually like make music like that yeah and so who's who's the writer in the band like in terms of um actually screw that question how the hell did you guys get together what happened what was was it were you like on top of Ben Nevis? You all stumbled <laughs> into each other one day. I say Ben Nevis because that's the only mountain in Scotland people actually know. Um, <laughs> I I have family in Scotland. I've been to Scotland more times than anywhere in the fucking world. I love it to pieces. Um, but yeah, how did you guys? How do you guys find one another? I wish it was exciting, but it was. Um, it, we basically just got kind of introduced through mutual friends. Um, yeah. We were both making music and my brother said to Blair, oh, Anna's a musician. Why don't you just kind of link up and write some music together? And then that was it. That was kind of how we were introduced. So it's not a, a, a great, like, kind of, like, romantic story about how uh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. born. It was literally just, like, we kind of got Suggested. introduced. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it never is, though. It never is. It's like, you know, like you hear about all these bands that, I don't know, fucking whatever, the, the Beatles... The Beatles wasn't really that romantic. They just met like at freaking school or whatever. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. I mean it's 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 never really like that dramatic. It's what happens afterwards that's the most exciting thing. I I actually always find like the more mundane it is, the more grounded it is, the more interesting it is for people to be like, Oh, well, then that means I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. There's always there's yeah. always that thing about like uh, formation stories and like I don't know, it's kind of like uh, fetish, fetishized in like the yeah. music culture, like, oh, 
like you know we met in like an insane asylum and yeah i feel like you hear a lot of bands like fleetwood mac and all that like bands who came up in like the pure drug culture in the 70s and like earlier in the 60s i feel like they always have like wild stories yeah. about how they met like Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham not having like a penny to their name and just like going to meet up with I think it was Mick Fleetwood and this and that and like yeah. maybe that was more of a culture like then yeah, like back in the day well, than yeah, it is now, now. Now I suppose like all meetings of people is kind of more prepared and normal because we have like social media so yeah. before you ever meet anyone they're gonna have added them on Facebook and looked at them and everything and it's like when it's back then it was like totally random to meet up with someone. Yeah totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. It's actually, it's, it is really, actually, you make a really good point there about, like, the festivization about bands meeting and stuff. Yeah. But it it is crazy. And, like, how we have, I, I think Scroobius Pip, that song, Just a Band, sums it up so, so oh, well. Oh, man, that is a, what a breakthrough. What a breakthrough yeah. track that is. Um, but, yeah, and how, how, like, drummer, bass player, how long, how long till those guys, like, join the band, The Fray? Um, so pretty much like right away, we were kind of looking for a drummer. We got Aiden in, um, and he's kind of been playing with us since. Um, before Liam, we did have Lizzie playing bass with us. Um, she is a solo artist though, so she had to kind of go off and do her own thing. And now we've got Liam. Liam joined, I think, about a year ago. Yeah. And then now it's just kind of like that's locked kind of in. Locked in. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what what's like, what's the writing process? Is it's, it's you guys? Is it um, take a take take a song to the rest of the guys, or is it is it, is it Blair on his own? Anna, you on your own? I you know. So I think like the sort of standard process would be like maybe, well, like I say the most common process we have is like I'll maybe write like a riff and have a vocal idea, and then I'll meet up with Anna to sort of flesh it out, and then maybe sometimes it'll work better when Anna brings lyrics to it. Maybe we'll sort of be like oh well maybe it'd be better if it's your idea that you write lyrics for it yeah and then we'll kind of like demo it record it and then um like take it to the guys to work on from there and then um but you know like it does work definitely sometimes and i'll maybe write a song completely and bring it to me and i really like when that happens and then we demo it from there um or you know yeah, but it's just like sort of me and Anna sort of just yeah. like um, going back and forth with one another. Yeah, I don't think we've got like a, a formula of like how we actually write music. It's more just like we know what circumstances are good for us to write music under. Yeah. And we know like the best, like I prefer to write music like on my own. So like mm. I know that if I want to write a song, I'll say to Blair like send me what you've got and I'll mm. work on it from there. So it just kind of depends on where the spark comes from and who like picks up on that first I suppose. Yeah we're not really like a sort of like bash it out in the rehearsal studio sort of band <laughs> no. because Anna just like will just shut down and be like nah I'm, I can't write lyrics I guess. Yeah I just choke. I Man to that's too much pressure I don't know anyone yeah. there are probably there are probably moments like that a lyrical come to you right I've, I've been yeah. in bands and stuff and, and in a studio and a rehearsal environment and you go oh that's a great lyric but most of the time you're just fucking concentrating so much on melody and, and stuff you're like uh, bread cheese and a microphone you know like what what are you singing there so yeah and it's really important to nail that stuff i mean what what's um it's really cool that you um highlighted madonna though as as an influence in terms of lyric lyrically where 
how do you start a song? I've always wanted to know that because I'm fucking useless, uh, like um, lyrical, lyrical fellow. But how do you start that process? I think that when it comes to writing music, like we both kind of do that differently. Like when I come up with that, when I come up with lyrics or concepts for a song, it's usually writing about like a kind of personal experience or maybe I've been reading a book and I've like really connected with the character. Um, I'll maybe kind of like write a song from their perspective or I'll write can about- you name, Can you name a book? Um, well, I've just um, recently read The Tiny Wife and All My Friends Are Superheroes by Andrew Koppel, okay. I think his name is. Um, yeah. And they blew my mind. They're only 80 pages long each. I read them both in a day. Um, but they're so metaphorical and just so um, abstract and like fantastic. You should read them. Um, so I've had a lot of yeah. ideas from reading these books. And um, I think that like I get an idea in my head and kind of like just write lyrics around it, whereas when you write music, it's more you write a riff and you're just like, this word sounds cool. I'll just say this word and then how do I make that sound cool and write around that, do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, um, yeah, I think for me, it's more like sort of creating like a vibe. And then once I start kind of just like spitballing like melodies and stuff, then words just come and then maybe like, an, then all of a sudden there'll be an idea and then it just runs from there. Um, recently, we we uh, wrote a song and demoed it and everything and like it was totally inspired by the mad max film fury road oh, so, brilliant like, i made all these lyrics for it that were like totally inspired by that yeah that's banging like by you basically took quotes from the movie Aye. and just kind of like reinterpreted them as lyrics it's like it's oh, fantastic awesome. it's good does it is are the lyrics fast fast bang um <laughs> explosion <laughs> holy shit holy shit <laughs> This is happening now. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Do you know what? I, I say that I've never seen that movie except for the trailer. And it, I just, I, I, I can't believe I still haven't seen that. It's so amazing. Um, but yeah, because what I haven't spoken to a band from Glasgow yet, which is really bad, really bad. Um, can you talk to me about the Glasgow music scene? I mean, obviously it's been completely fucked for the past few months. Yeah. Pre the pre the fuckedness um what's it like what's it like up there is it i imagine it's vibrant as all hell is that right is that safe to assume yeah glasgow's i couldn't imagine being like in any other city i think mm -hmm. for me glasgow's like the best city in the uk uh -huh. for music i think that glaswegians that are very i mean i hate this chat like so no, i don't not hate your chat but i mean there's this whole thing <laughs> about like, glaswegians are all like is there's this stereotype about Glaswegians that are all dead friendly and this and that, but it's so true. Mm. And I think that that's just totally ingrained in like the Glasgow music scene. And I hate saying it if you're like, oh, Glaswegians are like all friendly Aye. and all want a gab, but like Aye. that's kind of like what the Glasgow music scene's built on, I think, is just that like everyone is friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone's just so friendly. You could ask yeah. anyone for anything and they would like help you out. I think a big part of it is that like the, although, you know, although it's kind of a big expansive scene in terms of like all these different bands making different kind of music, we all kind of hang out in the same place. So like we're literally like well before COVID, every weekend you come around and you'd end up on Sucky Hall Street um, in one of the bars there with like a bunch of the other bands or you, you all go to each other's gigs and you're all meeting everyone there. So like yeah. it's too, it's too like, 
it's too everyone's always seen each other so we're all just going to be friends anyway mm-hmm. so there's no room yeah. for like there's no real room for bitchiness do you know what i mean yeah yeah the sp- I like. Do you know what though? I love. I love. I love the element of competitiveness. Is there any of that? Like you know, we're gonna not necessarily make it before you, but we're you know our next track is gonna be better than the next. Just to, you know, I think like, I think every scene needs a bit of that. Like uh, it feels like friendly. Like I live. My, my flatmates are also in a Glasgow band, and like we definitely have like banter about it. But it's not like <laughs> yeah. you know. It's it's more just like you know. I, like anyone who we're gonna have any sort of like competitiveness, it would be like oh man fuck you we did this oh man fuck you we did that it's not like you know sort of like oh it's not like um sort of stuff's like streaming yeah. in the yeah it's not yeah. it's not real it's like kind of fun yeah. it's all in good nature yeah. um but yeah. like overall as the scene i don't think there's much competitive i don't really know like because we don't do we don't participate in that there might be for other people other yeah. bands but like I don't feel that there is a sense of competitiveness in the scene. Yeah. I think it's all just dead support, like supporting every, everyone. I think like maybe competitiveness would be the wrong word to describe it. It's more just like interested in what everyone else is doing yeah. more than like competitiveness. Mm. Uh-huh, totally. Yeah. I mean, like, see, like you know, Glasgow, um, relatively small city, I suppose. London, where I'm from, massive, sprawling city. And obviously yeah. people come here to make i don't know they come here to make it i don't know um dick whittington um but it's just one of those things where you think it's it's a smaller city it's a tighter community um and there there's a passion there man i've did a couple of gigs in glasgow as well and like it's a like the intensity is it's like second to none Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's so profound and it's, what's really nuts is it's so like literally you get in a car within half an hour you're in the you're in fucking lot lomond or whatever yeah you know it's it must be do you ever do you guys ever get out into the the countryside sometimes yeah we've played um st andrews which is like a town north of glasgow like an hour two hours away do you mean like us yeah. as people or us as the band well, yeah, yeah, like in terms of like bonding for like writing and what have you, and getting out and just oh, breathing. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, I suppose we do it recreationally. Like sometimes we do like hill walking. Yeah. Where we we'll walk like there's this hill, like not that far from us called Conic Hill, which is in Balmaha, and it's not yeah. too hard to walk. It's a really beautiful walk actually. And then I suppose. I mean, I, I used to live in a place called Bowling, which is like halfway to Loch Lomond. Yeah. It's quite as close to Loch Lomond as it is to Glasgow. So like. Yeah. That was a really small kind of chill place anyway. Um but yeah, like even even closer than Loch Lomond, you can literally drive like through Mogai yeah. and then uh-huh. you're at Mugduck and then all of a sudden it's like massive rolling hills and exactly. everything. Exactly. Like, like where I live, like just outside the city centre. Um it's like a five minute drive almost. Yeah, a five minute drive and then you're like at the camp or sorry, a twenty five minute drive and you're at the campuses, yeah. which is like these big massive mountains space that oh, kind of border man. Glasgow City and you can drive there for 25 minutes from the north of glasgow and you're yeah. in the middle of nowhere really that i mean that's what i love that's what i love about the band big country uh, again yeah same guy who was in the skids uh skids fell apart joined big country like you can hear that music in oh my god you can feel the hills you can feel the mountains you know <laughs> I, I, I love scotland so much the west coast is I mean, oh my God, definitely like my ashes are getting scattered up there. That's for damn sure. <laughs> um, anytime you want to make a rock ballad, you just, you just go for it. 
you know, I'm not saying bagpipes, but I'm just like big country style. But yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe a couple of albums down the line. Yeah, because we went I mean, so fuck it. ACDC did bagpipes, right? And their first album. So fuck yeah. it. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, of, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on COVID and, and, and what have you, but have you guys managed to uh, keep going, write, writing and planning the future? Yeah. yeah. We've um, we've been in a really good position because we just signed a record deal with um, or a three single deal with Lab Records just mm -hmm. before COVID. So we had music um, planned for coming out, which just so happened to happen during lockdown, which has been good for us. Um, but in terms of like writing, because we live in such a digital age, like I'm able to like we didn't see each other for like twelve weeks. We didn't see the rest of the band for like longer. So I've literally been able to just like write a song, record a demo on GarageBand, send it to Blair, and then he can mix it and re-record the guitars or track drums. Like we've been able to be very productive in terms of actually writing music because we're very, I suppose, like lucky to have access yeah. to these tools to yeah. use. Yeah, I suppose like, yep. I think yeah. um, we just sent over like three new demos to our manager just the other day there. And um, yeah, so like we have been productive and obviously it was kind of hard and it, it did get to a stage in lockdown where it's like, and I've spoke to other musicians about this as well, where it's like, I just don't feel inspired anymore. Um, mm. But yeah. no, like I've written quite a lot of songs, Anna's written quite a lot of songs. So like, like quite happy with where we are now with like stuff coming out, stuff planned for the future. Um, it's all going to be quite busy, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, well, that's that's good. It's like a pandemic made for the modern age. Um, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, God, imagine doing this without any contact at all, you know? Um, yeah, it'd have been brutal. God. Yeah. Um, but how have you guys found it, like, personally, like, individually? Have you, I mean, I know you've been able to write music, but, I mean, mentally, how have you coped? Have you been okay? Yeah. Or ups and downs, obviously. I think that, well, I've personally just been up and down. I've been actually, like, doing pretty well the past month. Um, I was working from home for most of lockdown and then I just quit my job like a month ago. So since I quit my job, I've been doing a lot better because I don't have that other responsibility and stress. Uh -huh. um, but I think it's just the same with everyone, like the kind of fear of the unknown, not really knowing what's happening, when can you see friends, worrying about family members, and then just not generally being able to like go to the pub and see your friends and link up with people, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, I've been up and down as well. Like, um, I've been working from home full time throughout it. And then we're actually recently, I've gone back into the office. So I've found it like way, way easier to deal with going back into the office. Because it's just yeah. like hard working like a nine five job from home when like your flatmates are all like doing like their own thing as well. Like maybe they're not working from home. So they're kind of just like trying to live normally. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's kind yeah. of like I've got to sort of, deal with man so I mean it has been pretty tough but as Anna was saying I also do feel that the past sort of like six weeks I've sort of been able to sort of normalize with it now yeah. and sort of just chill out and it's kind of funny yeah. because at the start and this is a terrible thing to say but it felt a bit like Christmas or something at the start I don't know if everyone <laughs> felt like that but like I live with my mum and dad and my brother so I feel like at the start like every night we were having a booze we were drinking wine 
were making big lovely meals, we were playing right. Monopoly, we were watching movies all the time. And at the start there was, there was this kind of like element of like excitement about it. And yeah. then we were on this kind of like high. And then as soon as reality hit that this is our yeah. new normal for the foreseeable future, it could be a year, that's when things started to kind of like big time. Is that the word? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm doing well now, so where would you I mean where where would you like if, if bloody house interest you say a year? Because I was thinking in a year's time, oh my god! Like, where would you, where would you guys like the band to be? Big Should question that. Again? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, all. Yeah, we I mean, gigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, mean, we've got an, like, for example, an album. I know you got the single and stuff, but I mean, that that's off an album, right? Is there an album coming? We've not got an album planned. Um, maybe an EP or something next yeah. year, but we don't have any. Just because of COVID, like it's so difficult to just say exactly what you can do. In an ideal world, you know, we would be touring, we'd be playing festivals next year, we'd be releasing music every eight weeks, yeah. we'd be gigging every weekend, we'd be going down London and Manchester, like Stockton, all these places where we regularly play. Um, yeah. But because of COVID, it's just so difficult to actually say. But ideally, we would just like to be back gigging um, yeah. and just touring. Like, that's the main thing. I think, um, like, I don't know, like, hopefully if gigs do come back in, like, March time, um, we're now working with, like, X, X-Ray Touring. X-Ray Touring, yeah. Um, so it'd be that, good just good. Get, get, get some gigs with them. Yeah, um, some support slots. Yeah, like, support slots, maybe get a headline in mm-hmm. and maybe do some festivals if they're back on yeah and it's been a kind of funny like position for us because we changed the the band name in March then released our first single in Lab Records uh and then we released Sharp Tongues uh, what two weeks ago so it's 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 got the date on it We, so it's been a kind of funny experience for us because we've had this amazing response from like fans and from press and from like people who have followed us for years, but we haven't actually been able to like go out and experience that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've not been able to like, go to gigs and hear people singing the songs or like meet people yeah. after shows. And it's just been weird because you feel like you're in this little bubble where everything is happening around you, but you're not actually experiencing yeah. it. It's yeah, a weird feeling. Weird as well, because like before we released these songs, we, we had just started to play them live. Um, right, like, yeah. We we supported the Mysteries when they played Glasgow, and we supported the Dunce in Glasgow, and then we yeah. started to play these songs. And like we were we were thinking like these are the best songs we've written yet, and then we're going to be releasing them soon. And obviously when we played them live, no one knew them, so they were like there, so there wasn't much of a reaction to them. Whereas like obviously now that they've been released and everyone's had the chance to listen to them, like yeah, like you'd be expecting to play them live and people will be. As you said, like just like, sort of going wild, wild mm-hmm. for it. It's just weird that by the time we come back, all the songs that previously got nothing will now be like our probably most well-known songs. Yeah, hopefully. Which is <laughs> mental. Um, but yeah, before we before I let you guys go, I'm just thinking about live because this is a, a question that I've put to a lot of bands lately: is what are you like live? Because normally I would have had an opportunity because you know bands that are releasing stuff, they're touring, so I'd be able to go out and see them not happening obviously what are you guys what are you guys like live i mean i know that's i mean well i sing i play guitar i play drums i play bass <laughs> do you know what i mean right and end of question um but like was it obvious i'm presuming it's quite high energy 
Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty high energy. Um, we do have a couple of songs which are like kind of chilled out, but from the most part, I'd say like eighty percent of the set is very high energy. Um, I think that we're quite tight live. Yeah. Um, we rehearse a lot, and like my performance style, I take a lot of. Um, like I said, inspiration from like Madonna, Blondie, Kylie Minogue, things like that. Like I love kind of like pop performers. Um, so, oh, you, Anna like goes off stage, goes into the crowd and yeah. stands in people's faces and shit. And yeah, stuff, like, also, so yeah, it's hell. kind of mixed with Emil and the Sniffers. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, What's, so what, do you, do you go out into the audience and scream at people? If, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if it takes you. I feel like you can't be admitting to doing this now that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's quite funny. God, fuck me. If you did that now, oh my God. I know, I I, like, there, there's this video of me on YouTube and um, we're playing King Tuts and this random stranger hands me a pint of beer and I go like that and make it. Yeah. And I was watching yeah. that clip like, like six weeks ago and I was getting like, heart palpitations like oh my god like what if i did that now like yeah. you would be totally oh. cancelled if you did that yeah. now Quarantine oh time. my god blair what what's your interpretation of you of your live performance then um yeah pretty much what anna said like so i mean from like watching other bands that i'm like friends with in glasgow as well like some of their shows are like absolute bedlam and really uh, so i would say like it's not um it's not as like utterly mental is that like we're very tight and Anna like sort of goes around and like as I said like gets off stage and stuff I think that's really cool um but yeah like you've got to hold the fort a bit if someone's going off into the audience screaming people's faces you're gonna be like, and I will stay here and I will keep everything yeah it's that well you know maybe you could you know that's maybe that's your next step you just put your I've, I've thought about it a lot um but I don't know. I, the thing is, I'm, I think I might be like the way that Anna can go into the crowd, and it seems quite like um, unobtrusive. But I'm like a lot, <laughs> a lot bigger than Anna, so I think if I went yeah. in the crowd, I'd end up getting a, a fucking lawsuit against me or something. Yeah. But, like, no. <laughs> you just don't have big enough balls to do it. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does. It does. You do need a certain amount of balls, guts to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Definitely, man alive. I mean, it's just easy to just stand there and just hide behind the song. Tom 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 Yorkit style, just close your eyes and get into it. And people just think, Oh wow, he's getting so into it. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but I was listening to um the Infectious Groove, a really awesome podcast based in Detroit, and they were talking about they have a great podcast about frontmen. What makes a front person like what makes them awesome? And I mean what does make a front person awesome? Hello, what a what a question. Mm -hmm. If I yeah. say so myself. <laughs> I think confidence definitely. But I think mm. that, that can come across in like a like plethora of ways. Yeah. Like see so when you look at artists like Julia Jacqueline or like Phoebe Bridgers, who are kind of I don't know, almost like kind of timid. Yeah. But they still have this amazing confidence. But then you have people like I don't know, like Emil and the Sniffers, yeah. and she's literally like got her bum in people's faces, yeah. and like, do you right. know what I mean? Like, she's going mental. I don't know. Juliet Lewis, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, being able to like interact with the crowds and like not necessarily like talking to them, but just mm -hmm. like reading the room and seeing what they're looking for, 
and like playing off the crowd is a good kind of judgment of like how someone is a is as a performer i think yes yeah, like at the end of the day it's like it's a performance and it's entertainment so it's like mm. given that um yeah it's like giving the person something to sort of think about once maybe like even when they get yeah it's tough man it's a tough question i think we've all got our own favorites as well haven't we because some people say oh, i can't stand axel rose but i can appreciate that he's a good like front man of that band mm-hmm. or whatever or like um yeah debbie harry i mean mm-hmm. again debbie debbie harry i think she had like a, an energy mm-hmm. you know like you just couldn't Oh my god! I mean, such intensity, or like Karen O. Do you know what I mean? Like such, mm-hmm. such insane intensity that you can't. You just mag. You're, you're just magnetized towards her. But anyway, um, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. I, I'm so looking forward to seeing like what you guys get up to over the next six months to a year, and and hopefully we do get some live music soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've got yeah. a gig booked in London for. Do you live in London now? I, I do, yeah. I live near Crystal Palace. So, is it, yeah, so it's a, it's a this feeling gig. There's a Leeds gig and there's a London gig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it's something. I can't remember the venue. Yeah, I can't, Brixton something. Maybe. Can't remember. What, well, let, I'll find out because it'll yeah, get a press uh-huh. release. So, I'll be there, man. I can't sure. wait. When, well, honestly, I've got about a million bands to see once this damn thing finishes, you know? Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm never going to like moan about going to a gig again, I don't think. Oh, no. Like, yeah. I'm never going to be like, oh, I'm tired, I can't be bothered going. I'm just going to like fucking yeah. revel in it. Yeah. Yeah, damn straight. Look, thanks so much for your time. And um, hopefully we'll do this again in five years when you're super, super famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries, yeah. man. Thank cool. you very much for having us. Yeah, brilliant. See you guys. All right, see you later. Bye. Switzerland to yodel and how about yesterday that dizzy spell when I fell downstairs you saw me yourself anyone would fall downstairs sir eight aspirins before breakfast well now don't quibble if you had what I've got what have you got sir well I well you wait till I see dr. Schmidt this afternoon he'll tell you what I've got dr. Schmidt yes dr. Schmidt is the biggest stomach man in Europe